two, one. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. I'm also uh, editor of The Fanatic, PW's new comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, we're back at CXC Cartoon... I, you know, I'm, 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 I transpose the CXC to something new every time. Cartoon Crossroads Columbus. Sorry, Tom Spurgeon. I'll get it right eventually. <clears throat> uh, we're back here at the Columbus Metropolitan Library. And um, on my first trip to CXC, and I'm getting a chance to, to talk with M.K. Serwick, uh, a cartoonist and um, a, an artist-in-residence, uh, is it at Penn State? I'm, I'm mangling your intro, and I apologize no, already. No, that's okay. Um, um, would you introduce yourself for our, our listeners? <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm a cartoonist and a nurse. Um, and a nurse. Yeah, I'm an artist in residence at Northwestern in their medical school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just do all kinds of fun comics and medicine stuff. My graphic medicine, which is... Yes, absolutely. Medicine. And that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, I mean, you have... Uh, you put together, uh, you and some other artists have put together, the, uh, and I assume doctors and other nurses, uh, the graphic medicine uh, manifesto, as well as uh, taking turns, stories from HIV AIDS Care Unit 371, um, Tell us more about, uh, well, let's start off, tell us more about yourself, and then, um, I, obviously, I want to know more about the graphic medicine category, which really seems to have really exploded in the last few years, and I, and I think, obviously, for obvious reasons, because this medium is so incredible for telling stories uh, and connecting with people on a basic level. So, yeah, give us, uh, uh, tell us something about your background. Yeah, so I'm a nurse, and I uh, was a nurse during the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. in Chicago on a dedicated AIDS unit, and that's what my book is about, Taking Turns. Um, mm-hmm. But that also was the origin story of how I became a cartoonist. So I um, was not the kid at school who could draw. In fact, I was told to stop drawing. I was told <laughs> to use my words. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But I, it really was, you know, I was in such a difficult situation as a new nurse out of school, um, started working on a dedicated AIDS unit at literally the height of the AIDS crisis in Chicago, which is around 93, 94, and, and 95 really is kind of the pinnacle. Um, and it's just, you can imagine what, you know, you're dealing with. And, yeah. and you know, care, you know this environment in which you connect so intensely with young people and then, you know, desperately try to control opportunistic infections, but knowing yeah. that at that point... This was there. There was no other outcome really, for the most part, until the new drugs came along mm-hmm. later. Um, so I just was trying to figure out how do you show up at work and still be present to your patients when your heart is still yeah. really hurting about what happened yesterday, or something else that's going on. And you know they don't teach you that in nursing school. Yeah. They don't teach you that in medical school. And um, and so anyway, so I literally one day just stumbled into making a comic. Wow. Um, I just drew this little picture because I didn't know what else to do because I had to go to work, but I didn't know how to be present and drew some words and put a box around it. And then I thought about Linda Berry, and mm-hmm. Linda Berry has been sure. and continues to be a lifelong influence for mm-hmm. me. Um, New Ma- MacArthur genius. Um, uh, yeah, much deserved. Much deserved. Yeah. No one works harder. Yeah. She's amazing. And But I have been a fan since back when Ernie Poop's comic yeah. sure. was in the Chicago Reader, and literally my friends and I would run – from Loyola University to the L stop across the street yeah. and get the reader so we could see what was going on with Marley's and her friends. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not kidding. I've been a fan that long. And so I thought about that in this mm-hmm. moment when I didn't know what else to do. I thought, well, that comic was not funny. It was serious, and it dealt with serious issues. So then I just put another box 
and I just did some image and text and kept going. And much to my amazement, after nine panels, I found myself in a place of hope. Wow. Where I started in despair. Wow. And to me, that's about the power of this mm-hmm. medium. And um, and the last 10 years of my life have been based around the work that has come together in graphic medicine because of that one day I did a comic. And because I yeah. found that it was a super helpful thing. So then I went to study this field, medical humanities and bioethics, and mm-hmm. start to say, could this be taken seriously? Could we seriously have comics around health and illness? And this whole thing has exploded. Now, you're an artist-in-resident at Northwestern? Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's where I did my master's program, mm-hmm. and they were really amazing and supportive. And and basically, the medical humanities, or the health humanities, looks at each of the humanities and how they can apply to the practice of healthcare and, and how we think about healthcare. And mm-hmm. the arts, of course, aside from the, the humanities mm-hmm. as, as uh, academic disciplines. Mm-hmm. So. Now, and you're co-creator of graphicmedicine.org. Right. So my colleague, Ian Williams, who's also mm-hmm. one of the authors on the manifesto, mm-hmm. he um, coined this term, graphic medicine. Um, I've always wondered. If, I didn't realize you could actually trace it to a, a single person. Yeah. So yeah, good. Because he was also he was a physician who was doing medical humanities mm-hmm. as a field. And came across the same book that I did, mm-hmm. which really made me change our, we, by each of us across the, the ocean, change our ways of thinking, which is a book called Mom's Cancer by Brian Peace. Sure, yes. Yeah. I remember yeah. when that book came out. Yes. And it was so, it just hit us both in this moment in our life where we needed that thing that could bring together our passion and our academic life and our mm-hmm. professional life. So, um, yeah, so he coined the term. He mm-hmm. set up this website, graphicmedicine.org, and then a bunch of us, the people in the manifesto, and then mm-hmm. now a worldwide community have come together around that idea that mm-hmm. this that comics have an important role. So what is the graphic medicine manifesto? So the manifesto really is kind of early on. We wanted to put a stake in the ground to say this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we should take this seriously. So the introduction is done in comic form by Ian and I. Mm-hmm. And then each of the chapters is a different uh, a physician, a literature scholar, uh, another mm-hmm. literature scholar, um, a comic scholar. And each of them talk about kind of their approach to why they use graphic comics in their teaching or in mm-hmm. their medical practice. And for me, it's in teaching medical students. Mm-hmm. Um, so each of us kind of in text. And then each of us chose an example of a text that we think is really kind of proves our point. So it's sort of an mm-hmm. anthology of comics around medicine, but also it's essays. So in many ways, it, it, this this book kind of defines the parameters of this. I mean, in some ways, these books have kind of always been here, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of, uh, but but they weren't didn't form a category or until we started to realize that they, indeed that they do. There's there's connections between them and how they can be used. Right, and one of my goals as a nurse, and and you know I've seen things both as a family member of someone who was ill and as a professional nurse, I've seen things go wrong that didn't have to go wrong. Mm. And they went wrong because people weren't listening. Mm. And they weren't really realizing that the patient and the family and the caregivers, they're the authorities about what it's like to have Parkinson's or whatever it is. Not the medical staff. We think Mm. we're the authorities, but we're not. They are. Mm. And one of the things I love about graphic medicine and my great hope and joy is that it can amplify the voice of those families. Mm. When it's the, the person with Parkinson's, like Peter Dunlap Scholl in My Degeneration, mm-hmm. when that person is the one who is defining what it means to have Parkinson's, and I can get my future doctors to read that, mm-hmm. future nurses, they're going to come around and think about it in a different way. They're going to ask better questions. They're going to have kind of a new perspective that's informed by the patient, and that's incredibly important to me. Now, many of these texts obviously come from the consumer side, or I mean, they're, they're, they're all, they come from different publishers and from different places. 
but they can still fit under this this category. What's the relationship of Penn State University Press to this? Because they seem to have kind of centered themselves in this category in ways that uh, that are really useful. I mean, it's a place you get. It's a kind of a go-to place if you want to look to where the category is uh, is going. Right, right. So it was uh, partly that. Uh, Two of the people who came together initially, Susan Squire, who's a literature mm-hmm. professor and has done amazing work at Penn, she was at mm-hmm. Penn State in Hershey, and Michael Green, who's a physician who was using comics to teach medical students, um, he's at Penn State uh, in, I'm sorry, Susan's in State College and, mm-hmm. and Michael's in Hershey. And mm-hmm. so they were already in this institution. And then um, we kind of all got together, we started having conferences, There, this momentum started. And uh, Kendra, who's a, uh, the uh, head of the press, she um, uh, started really believing that there was possibility there, and she mm-hmm. um, had the foresight to see what this could be. And she went to task for us. It's an academic publisher. They don't usually yeah. publish comics, or especially original mm-hmm. comics. You know, they might publish edited anthologies of essays like the Manifesto. Right. But My Degeneration came along, and that's an original work. And she really kind of said, you know, really shared her vision and, and got the, the uh, faculty board on board. And now we have, you know, I think 20 books. Right. And it's this, and my book is published in that series. Mm-hmm. And they've really just been championing. It just shows the power of someone who really can believe in the potential yeah. of something. Yeah. So what, what 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 are you working on now? I mean, this came out, when, when did the, uh, Taking Turns come out? That came out in 2017. Okay, so it's obviously still a fairly recent book. Uh, are you working on something new? I am, I am. Um, uh, my next book, which is almost ready to go, I think it comes out in May, is uh, it's called Menopause, A Comic Treatment. And it's okay. an anthology of yeah. comics by, uh, Lynn, there's one in there from Linda Berry and Carol Tyler and uh, Ellen Forney and a lot of great mm-hmm. comics people yeah. um, drawing about this uh, this stigmatized topic of menopause. Mm-hmm. and um, But not but as a, uh, not just, you know, the only collection of comics that ever existed really just kind of makes a joke. And it's really kind of misogynist mm-hmm. and, yeah. and unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a different perspective. Mm-hmm. We want to kind of say that, that this is something that we should talk about. Mm-hmm. The other great thing I think comics do is... Um, they are able to talk about stigmatized topics yep. in ways that people really can handle and want to engage with. Yep. And so that's what this collection will be. So that's It's really amazing uh, how this category that we love is able to connect with people, and particularly even with people who you know never thought they would want to read a comic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just have to give them the right thing. that right. they You have to give them a comic about something that they really care about. Right, right. And they're all in. So look, this is—it's really great to meet you. Uh, I've been very excited about this. I, you know, like most of us, since we've read graphic medicine, even if we didn't know we were reading it. That's right. Uh, so look, um, MK, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Uh, it's really a pleasure to meet you and to get your books. And uh, and I'm going to be doing some stuff about Penn State University Press and, and graphic medicine coming down the road. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Same. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Editor of PW Comics World. I'm also Editor of The Fanatic, PW's new comics and pop culture uh, uh, newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, we're back at CXC Cartoon. You know what? I apologize. <laughs> A cartoon Car- col- crossroads, cartoon Columbus. Crossroads, Columbus. We've made it that way so that when we have to, when we say it out loud, we say sexy. Yeah, oh, he's for sexy. No, that's the sexiest I show around. I should do that more often. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, you know, we we wanted something that we, you know, uh, there's a 
the crossroad element, you know, kind of thematically, where we're bringing in a different, different, a bunch of different kinds of cartoonists, a bunch of different kinds of cartoons, yeah. and so that that followed, and um, yeah, it's um, a great, it's a great logo as well. That's by the way, that's Tom Spurgeon, the executive director of Cartoon Crossroads Columbus. I say uh, it right occasionally. Yeah, I do too. And uh, hey, thank you for being on More to Come. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a Biggest fan of Calvin Reed. Oh, well, there you go. That's it. Well, you know, I'm a big do, fan do you know of what? Tom Spurgeon. You know what? You know, I, I have people who do. Okay. Uh, uh, well, we're going to thank Tom Spurgeon for making it possible for us to be here. Uh, and how far back do we go? We go back at least a dozen. At least. At least yeah. Maybe two dozen. It was really the kind of the beginning of PW's. Sure. You know what? We met at like, I bet, I bet like 2003, 2004 VEA. It was where we That must have been that, that because, uh, the, the, the first, uh, comics newsletter started about 2005, but we were going, we were doing stuff before then. I think there were even some flame wars there early on. I met, I, I, I met Oscar Robertson at that one. I met Rosemary and I almost got arrested for, because they thought I was stalking Haven Kimmel. The, autobi- okay. the autobiographical writer. She was a a girlfriend of an old friend of mine, and I knew what her real <laughs> name was, and I asked for her by her real name, and they were like, "Oh, psycho!" Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know this. This yeah, is that, this that is a story for your biography. So oh, your, that, oh, so your that, I've had less. I've I'm in the middle of a show right now. I'm in the middle of the cartoon crossroads. And I have to remind myself that there are always tough days at shows, and there was the time I almost got arrested for, okay. for well, stalking an old friend. That's a new so, one. Uh, yeah, there you go. So it never happened to me at a comic show. All right. Well, you, you, well you've well, you got a long resume, um, former editor of the, uh, the Comics Journal. Sure. Uh, you're an author. You're a co-author of um, uh, We Told You So, Comics Comics are art. We did a oral yeah, history, history of fanographics. Fanographics. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get a name drop in there, which was which is I appreciate. I, 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 appreciate um, I appreciate the, the help. Uh, you are obviously the founder of Comics Reporter. Uh, really, the blog of the Comics Verse. Really, Comics Reporter. I did because I had a newspaper syndicate strip that mm-hmm. I worked on with a friend of mine, and it went away. Ah. And my friend Jordan, that I partner with on various things, said he felt sorry for me sitting around the house. And decided that I would try one of these new blog things. <laughs> and we thought that we could do it for like six months and sell it. And it's still there. It's, yeah. Either I'm really awesome at it or I'm really terrible at it. Well, I'm sure you know, means. I'm sure it's an, like an, 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 a, a creative combination of both. Yeah. But but you also, uh, you do it. I mean, look, first of all, the Couch Reporter is comprehensive. I mean, it's, it's startling. Uh, the range of material artists, issues that you take on, that you document. Uh, the resources that you offer for the fans, and you're 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 the executive director of what five years now. We are. This is our 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 fifth show. So you know, if you go from zero to four, that gets you five shows. It does. You can't if you count zero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I'm. A, I'm a, yeah, it's a full time job. N- not a too. small endeavor. No, uh, it could be after. I, I mean, I knew it wasn't. And when I got here, I had the proof. Sure, we're we're more of a you know we're more of a spread out kind of multi venue more like yeah, a film tell festival. Us about, yeah. So there's a bunch of institutions here in town that have interest in comics, not mm-hmm. just not just cartoon books, which is Jeff, and not just the Billy Ireland, which one is of the co-founders. Oh, and and yes. those those are our co-founders. Lucy used to do a show every few years where she would bring in syndicated cartoonists, mm-hmm. and she was looking for something that was not exactly that model because. 
um, syndicated cartoons had kind of run out of money in 2008, 2009, and they weren't as willing to support a show like that. So we wondered if there might be a public a, a public option, a wider mm-hmm. option, where we brought in different kinds of cartoons. So we basically made every stupid hard choice that one can make, but it's very complicated, but we're getting close to, I think, kind of hitting that stra- hitting our stride, mm-hmm. and we're starting to get sustainable audiences. Great. And we're starting to get the funding we need to kind of make everything free. It's mm-hmm. a free show. It is. It's, it's awesome. And, um, and, we, and so we run out of, with our venue partners, like the Billy Ireland and like the library, in which you and I are talking right now, mm-hmm. um, are able to put together this kind of sprawling show and I, I kind of am here not so much for the first couple years but to put together a 10 year kind of mm-hmm. odyssey that gets us to where we want to go mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than most shows which start out really small and then kind of grow we were dumb we started out really you're, big you're, you were this we're, when we, you started yeah we were a comprehensive programming yeah. wise right, right from the beginning mm-hmm. and now we kind of are you know working on having the audiences catch up mm-hmm. and maybe I won't capsize things along the way but I, so far so good it's been great for me when I've been here now you have the uh, uh, you mentioned some of the components obviously the Billy Ireland cartoon library and museum is uh, an unbelievable it's facility nice, devoted it's, it's the nicest place museum. in comics and I, you know it's the thing about having awesome. <laughs> the thing about having that as the centerpiece is that it is a real strong contrast to a lot of comic shows as much as I love comic shows yeah. I love all the comic shows they're like a tent revival you know you mm. move in you have your business and then yeah. everybody moves out and if you like show up on Tuesday at San Diego all the comics people are gone and it's really scary kind of <laughs> I've been in San Diego when it's not Comic Con yeah, and it's weird but go is, on <laughs> but the Billy Irons Billy Irons was a cathedral of comics yes they're, they're there every day and those those wonderful librarians and their wonderful holdings are there when in a climate show, controlled archive oh, that you got to so swipe beautiful. in and out I assume it's nuclear proof as well That's it's right. absolutely amazing the we galleries have, we have to protect those water set originals yeah. and uh, those dirty dinosaur <laughs> animation cells so yeah it's a wonderful wonderful place yeah. and, and such a kind of world class wonderful uh, facility that it kind of gives us all something to aspire to in all our different ways of doing of doing what we do for comics. I was talking with Hoche Anderson. Uh, uh, he donated a bunch of his pages from King, that the yeah. incredible biography they did there. I saw pages by Ollie Harrington. I saw original pages <laughs> by a, Jackie Orms. That was the, Ollie Harrington was the first one. Was it really? I asked for one. I oh, got awesome! Because I'm a I'm a Harrington fiend oh. and a wonderful cartoonist and. Everything that you like about an angry cartoonist and kind of surpassingly angry. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, a immature anger mm-hmm. with him. I mean, he. he I, took, I don't he know took, a lot about him. I just he know. Took, of, he took, you stock, know. He took yeah. stock of Western mm-hmm. civilization and yeah. found it wanting. Yeah, well. And cartooned about <laughs> it. And, and I, who can say, you know, who can disagree with yeah. him? A wonderful cartoonist. But yeah. the opportunity to hold those in your yeah. hand, even with those white gloves on uh, between you and them, unless, um, unless you're. Uh, uh, doing some sort of uh, criminal activity, but I, you know, doing this, that kind of archival and holding those yes. comics in your hand is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I could spend all day looking like a Dwayne Dumb or you know, yeah, yeah all it's, these it's great, a, great the, Well, the uh, Bill Blackbeard's collection. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a, it's the work of a lifetime, mm-hmm. multiple lifetimes, uh, from what I can s- solve it. I mean, they've got thousands of boxes that they haven't even processed yet. 
Okay. Okay. It's uh, we, he's, he's the executive director. So he's got stuff to do. It's three uh, twenty-five. Okay. Okay. Very quickly. Um, Please. Quickly. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Um, we uh, the AAEC was uh, honored we, here. We had the uh, the Association of American Editorial Cartoonists mm-hmm. came and, and did their yearly meeting, and then we did a track of programming mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And we have a we had. Uh, Dave Pilkey, which is the kids' cartoonist, yes. which we never had someone, and Mike Mignola, the Hellboy cartoonist, who doesn't do a lot of shows, was nice enough to come out this year. In, com- in conversation with Jeff Smith. And it was in conversation yeah. with Jeff Smith. That was a wonderful event. Mm-hmm. We have wonderful drawers here all week. We have Terry Moore and Patrick McDonald yeah. and mm-hmm. Jaime Hernandez. Yeah, Tom Tomorrow, and, I did. And Tom I Tomorrow is yeah. here. We're going to talk about the nib and trying to save mm-hmm. the nib. Yes, absolutely. Tonight, Matt Boars won your award. Uh, uh, we, we have a, we have an award for works or for mm-hmm. influential moments because of the transformative work award, and we are only too happy to give it mm-hmm. to the nib because the nib yeah. has changed comics through its mm-hmm. model and through its yeah. devotion to diverse uh, expression, both. Medium-wise and person-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to let you go, but uh, tell us about the the award that we you just gave out, and before we sat down to do this interview, we, we have we give an emerging cartoonist award that Jeff Smith and Vijay Iyer, his his longtime wife, of uh, uh, support with uh, either uh, with around a seventy-five hundred dollar honorarium, but it's mm-hmm. for emerging cartoonists or young, mostly young cartoonists. And this year went to Carter Manier, yeah. the activist mm-hmm. and and a publisher, and a very Excellent cartoonist, and only too glad to give that. Uh, we have a, a wonderful track record with that. You know, going back to Katie Skelly and Kevin Chap and Kat Fajardo and Karen Katz, um, of really um, interesting young cartoonists. And it's a no strings attached award that they're nice enough to give that kind of get, yeah. gets you over the hump. Yeah, all right. Tom, I'm going to let you go because I know you got stuff to do. And you, we got to put you on a plane, my man. Yeah, yeah, sure. i got to go fly. But you know what? The, while I've been here, it's been awesome. Uh, and I should also mention SoulCon, which I went to. Uh, uh, I talked sis- with Fred Aldana. Very impressive. Uh, SoulCon is our sister show. And, yes. And favors a, bl- a black and yeah, black and brown cartoonist. And, and student and, workshop. Um, it's really great. They're very, they're very um, community and kind of entertainment media oriented, which is different mm-hmm. for us. But I... I really like working with Frederick. He's this nice man, and they have a wonderful setup for kids. Yep, they do. Tom, thank you so much for being on More to Come. All right. Thank you, Alan. Bye. I will. Thank you, man. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, this week we're in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm at CXC, a cartoon, Columbus, cartoon Crossroads Columbus. I've transposed those, those three C's multiple times, but uh, let's just call it CXC, a, a wonderful comics fest, about five years old today, uh, held, I guess, both on um, uh, the Ohio State campus, and today, actually, we're at the on the exhibition floor at the Columbus Metropolitan Library, and I also have the great pleasure to be talking with Tom tomorrow also known as Dan Perkins, <laughs> uh, in his civilian life. Um, but the, the, um, uh, the creator, the cartoonist behind This Modern World, uh, which has been illuminating us in, in amusing and intelligent ways for over 25 years, if I'm not right. Yeah. Uh, Tom Tomorrow, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you. Uh, this is my first time at CXC. Uh, you just told me this is your first time. That's right. Um, what are you going to be doing here? 
well, so there's there's programming tonight uh, that sort of revolves around the nib and around the uh, the difficulties of surviving as a. I guess as a cartoonist, I don't know if it's a specifically political yes, cartoonist-focused thing, but um, just about the challenges of being an independent cartoonist. I guess uh, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I, I think that's what we, <laughs> okay. we've got a we've got a panel tonight, and I think that's well, what we're talking about. If you're there, I think that will yeah, probably yeah. come up. Uh, obviously, I mean, cartooning in general, uh, certainly editorial cartooning. Um, uh, the, the whole, I guess, the whole financial basis has changed. Uh, you're syndicated, but I mean, you've kind of been your own syndicator at certain points. Oh, I have always. Or been you been. continue to I do have so. Always been self-syndicated. Um, I, um, I, uh, but you also do book publishing. Right. Um, and um, I know what, a couple of years ago you had a really spectacular Kickstarter. Right. I, uh, for a, for my 25th anniversary. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, 25 sorry. years of tomorrow. We raised. I don't remember now, but I think it was about three hundred and twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and we published uh, this two-volume hardcover mm-hmm. set. Uh, mm-hmm. I say we because I was working with the people at uh, the well Topodico, but they have a, a which yep. is a, mm-hmm. a merchandising company, but they have a spinoff called Make That Thing, where they sort mm-hmm. of manage Kickstarters and yeah, you know, yeah, they act as sort of middlemen. Yeah, you know, there's no way I could have done that on my own. That was a gigantic, sure. gigantic uh, uh, project, mm-hmm. and, and there, there's no way I could have done it without their help. Yeah, but they kind of manage the uh, what delivering the the, the premiums, they, the, the, the prizes to the they donors. They helped me design the book. Yeah. They, they yeah, cool. uh, figured out how to get it published. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, fifth, uh, I mean, literally the thing weighs more than a brick. <laughs> and, and getting this thing shipped was this yeah. logistical nightmare without, you know, because it had a slipcover. And yeah. without destroying the corners of the slipcover, we, we had to specially design a box. We had to, you know, there, there were just many, Numerous. many, many, many <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, and shipping out however many backers we had, like 3,000 backers or whatever, mm-hmm. shipping out 3,000 copies of this brick of a book. Yes. You know, this was just a massive uh, endeavor. It wasn't like, I don't know, kickstartering a, a, a paperback collection. Yeah. You know? yeah, this is like an archival record yeah. of your career. Yeah. Up to, up, but, but, you know, mm-hmm. it is, but up till basically the moment Trump is elected. So, mm-hmm. like, it's... It's it's this moment in time that now feels very distant. Oh, yeah, interesting. Um, uh, well, I want to get to your 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 cartooning, obviously, but also just uh, is that I mean, this in this era, both for I guess for editorial cartoons and certainly for in the world of graphic novels, uh, book length narratives, um, Kickstarter and crowdfunding seems to have uh, seems to offer a really important option. To artists across the board. Yeah. Um, so there's just, I mean, I, I guess I should just note tangentially that Kickstarter is uh, uh, being very anti-union at the yes. moment, and that's that's problematic. But yes, without a couple of union, I want to acknowledge were, that point. Without, yeah, a couple of union uh, organizers were fired a couple right, years ago under the, dubious circumstances. Well, uh, somebody trying to organize was fired a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, so the third person, that's right, ended um, into so yes. But anyway, so that that yes, issue yes. aside, and just the, the complications just, just of to, capitalism, just yeah. to focus on the crowdfunding part of it. Sure. Yeah, um, there is no, you know, I, I'm. I mean, you're very kind in your introduction, but I am uh, an obscure all-weekly cartoonist, mm-hmm. and there's no publisher in their right mind who would have said, yes, let's publish a 1,000-page, 15-pound, sure. uh, two-volume collection. Um, but 
through crowdfunding, I was able to uh, raise the money. I mean, we raised the the initial ask uh, on the first day. It was insane. Um, So you're not unknown. Yeah, you know. (laughs) You've got some support out there. um, You know, so I was was able to very specifically Mm -hmm. reach out to my own audience to make that happen. Um, I don't know if I would ever do it again. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it just consumed my life for like two years. And I mean, I'm, you know, it's very gratifying to have Mm -hmm. this, this, Mm -hmm. uh, this object in the world, mm-hmm. but um, it was it was an overwhelming mm-hmm. project. Um, and then you partnered with IDW. They yeah, so then they uh, put out a second edition of it, mm-hmm. which you know is selling. But again, like it's 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 not a mass market interest book. So mm-hmm. I think that their version has not sold as well as just the initial yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the initial Kickstarter mm-hmm. run. Libraries, I would assume, yeah, yeah, must be right. interested in it. It's, it's almost virtually targeted to them, right. that kind of a production. Um, uh, but IDW is great. So yeah. I've, I, I've now mm-hmm. working with them. They've uh, they put out my last trade paperback, and we're working on one that will finally collect all my cartoons from the Trump era. Okay, which right. I haven't done yet, and yeah. everything else just feels sort of distant and irrelevant yeah. right now. Uh, that's for sure. Well, you know, let's jump to that. I mean, uh, I mean, cartooning in a time when there's never been more. Material no, no, to no, investigate. No, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. It's <laughs> but it's an awful time. Well, and it's. I mean, I get this a lot. Like, oh, you must have so much material. Um, yes, like if you're in a restaurant and you ask for a glass of water, and the waiter brings out a fire hose and blasts you yes, in the face, yeah. you yes. have so much water. But that's that's not. Um, it's not necessarily it's a good. Thing. Not necessarily <laughs> a good thing. I mean, especially for a weekly cartoonist. Yeah. Um, Literally just trying to, I mean, you know, I, I have, I have set up this process as this working process where I spend a lot of time reading and researching, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I, I'm used to doing this on this kind of weekly cycle, but right now, uh, the news of the week might not break until Thursday night, Friday morning. I never, you know, I'm, I, if I'm writing about something that happens early in the week, by the time the cartoon runs, it might as well have been ten years ago. <laughs> We're right. living in this this mm. weird uh, time distortion, you know, um, and and so it's it's really kind of complicated yeah. trying to uh, just stay on top of everything, mm-hmm. and then trying to come up with some interesting, clever thing to say about mm-hmm. it, you know. And I, and I also have to wonder. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, part of your job is also to make this awful stuff mildly interesting and amusing. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. when it's completely and this, depressing and, and there, dispiriting. I mean, there, there's, you know, even I don't even think during the Gulf War it was just this overwhelmingly uh, exhausting and depressing as it is right <laughs> now. Not, I mean, those those yeah. were rough years. That was bad. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know, there's, there's just something about having this insane person running the country and tweeting out his nonsense all day and, you know, like, people who don't have to do this 24-7, like, you know, if you're a civilian, you can just turn it off for a while, you can tune it out, I don't, I don't have that luxury, and it's, it's... Um, it's been weird because, uh, so I went through a kind of, uh, unexpected, uh, course correction in my life a couple of years ago. My marriage fell apart and, mm-hmm. uh, it, that kind of felt like 
nothing made sense in my life and then inside my life and then with Trump it has felt like nothing makes sense outside yeah. of my life and I've just gone I've grown very used to living in a in this liminal space of 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 complete uncertainty and craziness of everything going on and you just kind of have to keep moving through it and hopefully at some point yeah. we get past all of this and you described the uh, yeah, atmosphere. All of us are kind of moving through right yeah. now. So let, let, I'm going to jump back. Oh, excuse me. No, 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 let me ahead. jump back to your platform, if I can describe it that way again. So, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> the despair of our times aside, <laughs> if we can do that, if we yeah, push this black cloud. Other than that, how did you enjoy the, the play, yeah. Mrs. Lincoln? Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, how do you make? How, how does a cartoonist make it work? We mentioned a little bit about Kickstarter. I mean, syndication. Um, what well, do you do? So, yeah, Merch. Um, I mean, <laughs> all of these things. Like yeah. all of these things. So for a long time, um, I made a living uh, basically just through being self-syndicated to, mm-hmm. the, to the all weeklies. But unfortunately. Um, a lot of them have gone out of business or, or they'll drop cartoons because they could save a few bucks or whatever. So that's still yeah. a chunk of my income. Um, I have a direct uh, subscription list mm-hmm. uh, that I send, you know, people sign up for like uh, like 20 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. And they get the cartoon a day early. Um, and I generally write some mm-hmm. little notes about what was going on in my head or, um, you know, little behind the scenes stuff. Sure. Um, and that, you know, it, based, I set that up before Patreon existed. Patreon? Yeah, do you, you have a Patreon? Mm-hmm. I have, I, I, I was with them in their early days and they they had some glitches that mm-hmm. I, I didn't really, it didn't really work very well. I might mm-hmm. give them another try because I think mm-hmm. they've sort of sorted their thing out a little bit better. But this, the, the, the subscription list is called Sparky's List. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the top of my website, okay. thismodernworld.com. All right, go there. <laughs> find a link to it. Um, and I, it really, it is at this point about, a, you know, if, if my income is a three-legged stool, the subscription list is literally one leg of yeah. that stool. It is, I'm, I'm not sure, I don't know how I would, I, this thing I do would not be sustainable if I hadn't started doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not the, it's not the majority of my income, but it's a mm-hmm. significant factor. Sure. So syndication, uh, Sparky's List, uh, and then, you know, merchandise. Mm-hmm. And, and What role does, uh, or do you play, or does it play the nib, you know, play in getting your cartoons out at all? You, well, you're on the nib. I am. And, you know, so it's this, it's this changing landscape. Like, you know, I just moved back to New York City two years ago, mm-hmm. and the last time I lived there... Uh, I ran in the Village Voice. Everyone sure. read mm-hmm. the Village Voice. Yeah. Uh, you would walk into a room, you know, of your peers, and everyone would have seen the most recent sure. cartoon. It, it, there was just this, this sort of cultural ubiquity uh, that uh, local, yeah. local cultural ubiquity that I, I don't quite have anymore. Um, and I don't, you know, there's only a few cartoonists who have a, a solid home base. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Matt Worker has Politico. Mm-hmm. You know, the days where every cartoonist had an affiliation and you would say, I am so-and-so of such-and-such a publication, that's mostly gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my reach becomes very, very wide but a little shallow. And if you don't have... 
something that people have heard of, um, you know, they have, they they just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, they're not keeping up with the work, they don't know. So the nib, in my, in what I'm trying to get around to in a roundabout way, is that the nib gives me a, a wonderful platform that mm-hmm. people read, and and so it, it, it sort of helps identify who you are and what you're doing, I guess. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, just reaching a lot, yeah. of, a lot of comics fans. I mean, I've known Boers a long time now, since yeah. before he started any of this. And it's he's, and that's he's, Matt Boers, the founder. Yeah, and, uh, I guess he's, he's the continuing publisher. Yeah, yeah, it's his baby. Uh, um, and as well as being a cartoonist himself. He's, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's just... He's brilliant at, yeah. at uh, making these things happen. It's mm-hmm. been really amazing to watch him make this stuff real in the world. And as of last night, uh, he was awarded the what the CXC transformative. Uh, he got a work. little. He got a little glass yes. award that says he changed history. Yes, yeah, there you go. So you know, so congrats, you Matt. Go, you go, Matt Boris. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, in fact, I'm going to probably probably chase him down a little bit now, uh, just to talk about the the new era for. For the uh, the nib as it goes. Well, in. you know, like so, I I'm, you know, I'm older than him, and I I, ha- I hit I'm younger than a lot of syndicated, you know, like the the guys from the day the, yeah. the golden era of of editorial cartooning. I was sort of the next generation mm-hmm. down from them, so I never had their uh, security of having sure. a, a, an actual paying salary job. Um, but I was, I did hit the tail end, or mm-hmm. I, I really hit the, the great moment for the all weeklies. Yeah. You know, that, that, uh, that, that's what really yeah. made a career possible for me, and, and it's really the ongoing, uh, name recognition that, uh, is left over from that is, is what still makes a career possible. So I, I had that moment. So, so with Matt Boris, the interesting thing, you know, he's younger. He he missed all of that. Yeah. So he had to. He wanted to do this work. He wanted to do this this art. But he had to like invent something entirely new. Yeah, he kind of you know, it's, he's kind of had to conjure up a foundation for how to support yourself in a completely yeah. new era. Yeah. So well, look, uh, you you you've been opening our eyes for a, for. A long time, over twenty five years. I you know, I read you in the uh, Village Voice for many many years. Uh, uh, I guess I'll be reading you online now, in various places. Uh, it's really great to get a chance to talk with you. Good luck. Thank you. We will continue to read it, uh, and uh, thanks so much uh, for being on more to come. Sure, my pleasure. Yeah.